0: yo yo what's
1: up bro nothing much nothing much welcome to the podcast i'll do a little intro real quick so uh, anyone listening this is the vobus dude podcast we have a creative good time i'm here today with nick alfer nick introduce yourself hey what's going on in in what sense am i saying we or maybe for people who've never heard of you, who don't know anything about you, maybe a little bio, like who you are, where you live, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm from Primus, New Jersey. Uh, uh, five, I think. But um, then uh, my brother, my brother just started calling me. I'm 25. Uh, you know, um, I'm, big into jiu-jitsu now. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for, for like a year, but I was uh, a decorated youth and high school wrestler. And um, uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. I like to have fun. I like to have fun.
1: Like to get always after good, it. It's <laughs> always good to have fun. Yeah. I guess Anyone who knows both of us probably knows us from our time in college. We were in the same dorm together, a place called Nicholas Hall, a place full of Interesting young freshman um, from New Jersey at Rutgers yeah. University.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like a living in a box since I didn't last very long. I lasted half a semester. So,
1: yeah, that was <laughs> it. Was a wild time over there. I wanted to uh, start off with the blog post you wrote for the Vobis Dude blog. Uh, thank you for writing that, and I I thought yeah, it was absolutely. like really personal but also very entertaining um, well-written piece so could you just go over a little bit about what it was about
0: yeah I mean um <clears throat> since since I was 15 since I was 15 um like it's basically the, the post is about um recovering from from substance abuse like an addiction and um, from like age 15 I got into you know smoking smoking weed and when i when i first smoked weed it was like uh you know i finally found found the thing that that made me feel whole like uh it was a, a crazy experience to me and like i previously never felt right and then when i smoked i was like "Whoa, shit, this is it and uh you know with sports injuries got introduced within maybe like the f- first couple months of like probably I think it was late March or early April of 2009 that I got introduced into, uh, painkillers and, uh, other pills and stuff. And, um, you know, I was just off to the races for, for a long time, like, and, um, trying to probably, probably first stop, stop trying to do drugs. Like when I was like 20, 21. And then I didn't, I didn't get clean until I was 23. So it was very rough, rough road for me. And like,
1: so did you was there a point where you realized like you needed to stop like what was the sign for you
0: um well i mean um what, what should have been a good sign was i never had any money and uh, couldn't, <laughs> i couldn't stay at the uh-huh. job but uh, and i had yeah. to i had to do drugs to work and uh everything that i used was more expensive than what i was getting paid so i was consistently you know scrounging around for money and i don't even know how i got money half the goddamn time to be honest but it just um i would say uh you know just very there's been many many times where like i mean i suffer from depression and anxiety just like even now like i've been going through it uh, lately with being very uh, anxious and depressed and mm-hmm. but um with with uh when i abuse substances like i don't know in a neurotransmitter sense it really fucks with me so i know like when i was like 20 years old i remember just from doing a bunch of cocaine and, and adderall that um oh, are you there yeah yeah my okay, phone right. my my phone doing my, my, my phone is like like trying to tell me things but um <laughs> but uh basically like, um, just being in a place, it's like a very dark place at like, probably, you know, nineteen twenty, And, um, and just knowing that it was from, from doing drugs, but not being able to not being able to stop. And, uh, it was, uh, I would, I would say then, and then there, there at that point in time, there was, uh, I was doing a lot of substitution. Like I would get addicted to one thing, and then I would switch to another and just become addicted to that. Like that was just like what I did. And realizing that I wasn't comfortable with myself uh unless I was unless I was getting high. And I didn't like the way I felt when I was getting high. So I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I would say that was the first the first like initial uh sense of it.
1: Did did the people around you let you know that, hey, maybe this is like you're not being you or uh, <laughs>
0: There's, I remember one time I was at this party and I was like, and I was with these kids like, and they like to get, some of these kids like to get high or whatever. And they, um, but they obviously weren't as like intuitive as I was. And, uh, I, w- I was like, always that I was usually the worst person in the room with that kind of stuff. I didn't really hang out with many people that were like worse than me. And, um, because I knew the kind of terrible person I could be like when I I was using, I was like, I don't want to be around anyone that's like that. So, um, Uh so it was funny um, because I was at this house party and I was like doing cocaine all night and uh, drinking smoking all the shit. And like, this this kid says to me, He's like, Dude, like you got a problem, bro. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, dude, you're like he's like you every he's like, every day I feel like you're doing this. And I was like, nah, man, like I switched up the drugs that I do. I'm not a drug addict. I'm a drug enthusiast. And I legitimately believed that for a long time. That I was <laughs> somebody who really liked it. And uh yeah, I mean, um my one ex girlfriend, like she would always say to me, um, you know, you're not you're not you're not uh you're not happy unless you have, you have something, you have, unless you're doing something, you have to be doing something. You always have to be doing something. And I'll Mm -hmm. consistently argue with that because, you know, if I agree with that, then it would, you know, the problem would become much more real. And, um, you know, uh, my family too, they didn't necessarily know exactly what was going on, but they were, uh, they were pretty, um, uh, uh, disapproving of my lifestyle of just not, doing anything ever, like, and just consistently sleeping, like, till, like, noon when I was supposed to be at school, and, like, you know, just calling out of work, hiding where where I was going, just fucking being out and about, I was never home, I I don't even know what, I honestly do, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing for, like, many years, I don't know, I was, (laughs) (laughs)
1: because, because in college, I remember hanging out with you, and I, I didn't think you had a problem, I felt like you were just another kid in the dorm who, you know, was, (laughs) trying to have a good time like most freshmen in yeah.
0: college yeah i mean back then um it's kind of interesting i mean like i was able to like that was i would say things weren't that was more I was more um i was just uh like i was definitely addicted to like smoking weed and shit, but the but uh uh-huh. the i didn't get into harder drugs as much until i was um when i moved home from school like maybe like a year into that just from hanging around like kind of kids the kids that go to school and they weren't up to any good like yeah there's basically some two two kids i know that that put me on like one of one of them he i don't think he he doesn't he kind of like straightened his life out but i don't know what he's up to if he like smokes and drinks or whatever but like then the other kid my friend he's been in and out of rehab ever since like and he's he's actually doing well he's got like like nine or ten months clean now so it's like Mm -hmm. it's so the kids that i was hanging around with like ended up having like real serious problems both in were in jail for periods of time you know what i mean so um i got involved with some people that were like you know and doing some bad shit like his you know intravenous drug use like back then like and i wasn't and i never did that and wasn't into that but um you know so that was like the kind of crowd that i was hanging out with but um when i was at when i was at ruckers uh I was more I honestly think I was just more mentally ill than anything. Like, cause when I was, when I was alone is when I had an issue. Like I was, uh, um, I was losing track of days. I didn't know what, 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 um, I was very depressed over some girl that I thought I loved. Turns out that I was just, um, you know, I had a crush on this chick. I did not love her. And, uh, you know, I was real bent out of shape over this and, um, it was an interesting time in my life. And, uh, like, I remember one time at, um, uh, I mean, the great. Well, just in general, I won't even say about one time. Fuck all that. I don't need to talk about Rutgers. But um, when I okay. when I came home from Rutgers, I weighed a, I weighed a um, hundred and a uh, hundred and forty two pounds when I came home, and I'm five eleven. <laughs> and um, you know that year, like you know, and it was a hard cut in terms of like losing weight for wrestling. I wrestled the end of the the end of the year. I was wrestling um, you know, one forty five. So mm-hmm. uh, just, okay. You know, and I had a hard time making that weight. That's how depressed I was that I just stopped eating Dang. for like probably a long time, you know what I mean? And um like now I weigh like a hundred eighty four pounds at five eleven. Mm-hmm. I'm still pretty skinny, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's <laughs> just to show you how um how like deep that that got. Like and that's that's why I left school too, because of um uh I left on a medical uh medical withdrawal because I couldn't uh I couldn't go to I just couldn't go to class anymore. I couldn't do anything and it was uh I think I was very immature at recently eighteen to be on my own like living like I could see myself going to school and living there now. I could do it. But at the time I just wasn't uh I lacked like whatever coping skills and all kinds of, uh, you know, things to help myself. Like I literally got thrust from the, from the nest at my house Mm -hmm. to go to college and I wasn't ready.
1: (laughs) I have a question now. Basically, I just want to hear from your experience from the people that you've seen go through substance abuse. Was it, um, that they were struggling with something internally, like a mental issue or depression or something like that? Or did they start? experimenting then it led to abuse
0: well okay this is this is the thing that's really interesting about it because like um i'm not i'm not i'm not even going to specify which one because i'm not even, technically in terms of traditions for the 12-step programs you're not supposed to talk about like all that but like i've met a lot of different people within treatment centers 12-step programs um yeah. just in everyday life and um you'd be very surprised or I don't know if you'd be surprised, but you you know, um, I mean, I guess it was surprising to me because I, I, I think of the way that I went through it and like addiction is a very like selfish and self-centered like way of thinking that like, I think that everyone went through it the way that I went through it or it was some sort of a similar experience, but there really are a lot of people who just kind of are in the wrong place, wrong time. And other people that, um, Get involved with uh, with prescription medication, and then it then it uh, kind of erupts into full blown, you know, opiate addiction or like you know, I know um, there's there's a lot of. I would say that my issue was uh, I never developed appropriate coping mechanisms, and and consistently felt uncomfortable pretty much my entire life, and wasn't aware of what that was. And then when I found drugs, it was like you know, I was being, I was medicating myself for like this, I don't, I don't know really what it is like this, like loneliness or this inability to connect. Um, for me, uh, like, and, I, and there's been like Ted talks about it and like some, some people on, like, you know, and in, in the, in the addiction recovery world, like believe that there's, uh, that, uh, the opposite of addiction is not abstinence from the substance, but rather, um, the opposite of addiction is connection. And like connecting with people, and that's like why, that's why twelve-step programs work because it's a bringing people with like-minded goals, and who have more of a a, um, more motivation to to, I guess, for like positive reinforcement to others. You know what I mean? Because the average person like doesn't care about a stranger's problems, but when you bring them into the into one of those rooms that's like uh you know it's like people trying to lift each other up and like and a lot of it's kind of like pretending that you give a shit about other people and then eventually you kind of do so it's like it's it's nice but like you know it kind of it's formed on a basis of just like these are people that are coming some of these people come in on on basically their knees like i don't know what to do with myself i'm gonna die and it's uh and it's crazy when you get to see somebody who's in that in that, um, like just, just for instance, like my one friend, like I was convinced he I was like, this kid's going to die. Like, you know, he'd OD'd like three times in a row in Narcan, like, like three times within a couple months. And now he's, uh, you know, he's coming up on, uh, on nine months soon, I think in like two months or something like that, like, which is like a big, uh, accolade. So it's like pretty amazing. And it's like, also part of the reason I, I stay clean to, to get to see people that, that go through it and 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 um, help help to be a part of their journey, and it's uh, really interesting. But um, what I was gonna say is that like that addiction is very like selfish and self centered disease, and like or affliction, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's uh, I I see it as a major problem. A lot of people get caught up in the nomenclature. It's like you know if somebody has ADHD or if somebody has all this all or uh, you know diabetes or cancer all this stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: disease or not or whatever the hell it is. Uh, I see it as a very large problem and uh, it could be a, it affects so many areas of your life, like just those things in general, that you want to have somewhat of a response for it and some sort of maintenance to keep people healthy. And that's really what it is with addiction. Like a lot of people get caught. oh, it's not a disease. And they're terrible thinking, dude, well, you know what? It's <laughs> You have to fucking deal with it. It's not like it's going away. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how like, you know, there's, there's, I know a lot of, people just on social media who like demonize the people that are addicts, like, and as being somebody that um fit that bill for a long time with, with um, just the way I was living, like when I see you and hear what people do, like, I'm like, Oh, I, you know, my one friend, like his little brother is all fucked up. And he, um, he'll tell me, he's like, can you believe he did this? Can you believe you? He stole my bike and rode it to uh, wrote it to Patterson and sold it and, and and bought heroin and I'm like, yeah, I can believe that. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> it was the shit that you that that makes sense at the time. Like that, and it's crazy because um uh, I'm one of those people too that I had like a uh, um, a self awareness about using and I don't know if everyone feels that way but like I was aware what I was doing was was exactly what I did not want to be doing with myself. Like I had no respect for the way that I was acting, but I felt forced to continue in this like fucking insane, uh, like self-centered, like hell ride for for a long time. And, uh, basically I think what I was saying before was that, um, uh, there's a lot of people that I've met who've been like hardcore intravenous drug users who've, you know, done, done jail time, prison time have killed people. And, um, you know, whether it be like with, with things with drugs or gang violence or violence in general. And and um, uh, they don't suffer in the same way I do emotionally about using. They're like, oh yeah, I just like to get high. Mm-hmm. And then I got out of control. So it's crazy because there's stuff that like, if I was in a position where I had taken someone's life or anything like that, even if it was like, you know, accidental um, behind the wheel, even if I wasn't using like I would be devastated over that. And like, there's people who have had intentional moments of trying to hurt other people whether or not they're taking their life or whatever something like that but like you know some dark some dark ass shit and they seem to be fine with it and they're super happy and like oh i'm so happy to be clean i'm so grateful all that stuff. i'm like holy shit because like one thing for sure is a lot of people that um come into the, the process of of getting clean like a lot of them come from such a dark place that now that there's any kind of positivity in their life, they're usually pretty like, wow, this is pretty good. You know what I mean? Uh So I don't know. I've always been a cynic of just about everything. And like, you know, uh, very, I, I often go to a place of, um, why does anything matter? Nothing matters. Nothing's real. I'm obsessed with the idea that we're living in a computer simulation. And, um, you know, I try not to think about that all the time because, uh, I've also adopted a new outlook on life where it's that who the fuck am I to know anything about that? I don't know what's going on. Like I forget what I ate sometimes. Like, am I really going to figure out, but what the fuck's going on about life?
1: It's a, I that's no a big question. I don't, I
0: don't think yeah.
1: it's up to us to answer that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, that's like uh one thing too. Cause like I would say I'm pretty like spiritual. Like I wouldn't say I'm a religious guy, but like, you know, um, I think about just what's going on, like, in terms of just, you know, of life and reality and all that stuff, like, that I'm only allotted five senses and I can, like, think about stuff, but it's, like, I'm always forced to think of it in my perspective. It's, like, how am I supposed to know what's going on? And, like, when I concern myself with it all the time, it just, I just put myself in a really um, – it's, like, a, a very sad, like, I can't do anything about it uh, state so i try not to to go down that as much like I, I joke around about it now but i mean i used to stay up at night and just thinking about the thing about thinking about that but um mm-hmm. it doesn't that kind of uh attitude doesn't serve me anymore
1: so how how do you cope with it now if these thoughts come up do you find a way to stay connected with people do you write down these thoughts um for the for the most part like i've, I've
0: kind of like now just like when i think about that stuff i just like uh i've I've developed a new pattern of thinking on it. Like where I, I kind of like came up with this thing on on my own where like uh, I came up with this idea that um, if life really is like a big joke, I'd like to have the last laugh and that uh, whether or not I'm uh, I want to like I'm, I'm I'm for, I'm forced to, to live my entire life out. And like, I think of the only thing I know about life is like, is that you're the, the, I have this, this like genetic coding that makes me like, I need to survive. Like, and I know that when I've had thoughts of suicide and, and thoughts of wanting to die and all these different things, and I wanted to continue my life, like, I know, like, no, that's, that's like, that's bullshit because I know that, um, I want to, uh, I, 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 or not even that I want to, I have to, I have to survive. Like, that's mm-hmm. just like, and I've been, uh, and when it comes to like competition, And different areas of my life like it's always been about surviving and winning and 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 um, you know putting forth my best effort and like sometimes like I have these really like dark periods of time where I feel like I don't want to continue my life but um but I know that it's just a, um it's it's kind of um my mo for like self-sabotaging myself like I bring up things in my past or like uh certain you know, ways that I feel like and, and highlight them. And like, I just, I know I have like distorted recall and like memories and all this different stuff that tries to put me into a place of uh, self-sabotage. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of frustrating, but the, the, it doesn't get easier staying, staying clean. But I would say that you get, you, it gets easier to deal with and you get better at dealing with it. And you become more aware of the tendencies and patterns in your life. So it's like when this stuff comes up, it's not like, Oh my God, this is coming from left field. It's like, I saw this shit all the way from the fucking dugout you know, mm-hmm. three innings ago. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's uh, it's no surprise. And also I can't believe I just used a baseball analogy of <laughs> terrible. Good. all good. All good. <laughs> so uh, then the other thing I was going to say, there was, there was a time when, um, when I was, I was living in a sober living, I was trying to stay clean and, uh, you know, I found out later on everyone that lived in my house was getting high except for me at one point. Like they were all like some of them are doing acid, they were drinking or doing all kinds of shit, you know, doing steroids and I'm like, oh shit, wow, that was a great place to live. But anyway, um <laughs> so um the uh there's one time I was there and I like I had relapsed some pills and whatnot, and then one day I fucking I was chilling at home and I was like, Oh, you know what, like um, I should do some dope because I don't have I don't have money to go get blues and I, meanwhile I was driving from the Jersey Shore to Jersey City which is like an hour and a half ride mm-hmm. and uh, go there to pick up pills and then drive back uh, to to go back home so I was doing like a three hour round trip to do pills and like that's so fuck, that's where like my life had, had kind of gone, gone like, it just was that, that didn't seem like, oh, that's a really long ride to go do that, <laughs> you know what I mean, and if yeah. I was so far back, it was like, I would get back, and I really wouldn't even be that, 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 um, that high, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like, this is, uh, this is where I'm at, and uh, I didn't think anything of it at the time, and, uh, you know, I went, and I, and I got heroin, I remember the kid telling me, you know, be careful of this. Yeah. And they were shooting up all this stuff. Like I was watching them shoot up and I was like, fuck all that. Like I get the fuck out of here. So I legitimately did like, you know, I did like one, one bag. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm not really feeling it too much. Let me do half a bag. He said it was strong. So I did like half a one. And the next thing you know, I wake up 16, 16 hours later in my sober living. And like the first thing I did when I got up was, um, (gasps) like trying to breathe for my life. Like I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, um, I immediately tried to stand up. I couldn't, um, I couldn't even stand up. I fell down like onto my chest on the, on the floor of where I was living. And, uh, I tried to like immediately take a shower. Like I would slept for 16 hours. Like, you know, people would have been calling me all that stuff. Like my one friend was on Xbox with me and he didn't know I was using. He was like, dude, what the fuck happened last night? Like, did you, I thought you were fucking dying or some shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, Apparently I fell asleep on the mic and I was like, probably had like some experiencing some sort of respiratory depression. Oh wow! And uh, I knew in that moment, it was like, it was kind of like a, in some ways, some like reverse spiritual awakening. Cause I was so dude, like just mentally broken at this point that, um, but when I woke up, the only thing I wanted to do was breathe and to stay alive. And like then I kind of realized I'm like, wow, I actually do want to live. It's just a bunch of bullshit. I tell myself because, um, it's it's basically I want to live, but I want to have absolutely no consequences or hardships or anything. So, but it's like, it's basically I'm trying to live a, a version of life that doesn't exist, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's to be hard. And like, I just, uh, you know, I wanted it to be, um, you know, Nick's version of life and it doesn't really work out like that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was really interesting. So I guess that's, yeah. I kind of try and look back on that. Like, I know that um, uh, I'm I'm not... I'm not uh I'm not gonna let life uh take me before it's before it's my time. Like I'm I'm planning to ride this ride this sucker out. You know, I haven't yeah. I haven't died yet. I'm not trying to I you know, I haven't died once, twice, any of that shit. I'm trying to go uh I'm trying to trying to hit a hundred dog. Dude. I'm,
1: <laughs> all about it. I'm all about it.
0: I gotta stop smoking cigarettes though
1: yeah that would definitely help i'm you know listening to this i'm wondering how you managed to kind of laugh at yourself and keep upbeat or even laugh at situations that are pretty dark and pretty serious oh yeah um well because
0: dude it now it now feels like such a such a different chapter of my life and like um but i've always been a person of like dark humor and like i think yeah like, I, like, I remember that yeah yeah oh and i got it got worse dude since you last <laughs> seen me it yeah. got worse like yeah oh yeah i can't even i came even say anything on on the podcast but i mean i'm like uh i certainly know how, how to joke around like a normal person but then there's other times that like you know i've said things that offend people and um I try Yeah, yeah, it happens, man. You know, I try, I try my best 'cause it's 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 hard because you have to use a fine line of a very good joke and a, a very offensive thing to say. So you have to be careful and know your audience. Like I've gotten better at knowing my audience for sure I've gotten a little bit more mature and older. But uh, you know, um I would just say like I don't know, life is life is too short, like to be like for me, like I get I used to get so angry all the time. I used to say, Oh fuck this person and all this stuff and I realized like through we like just staying clean and all this stuff like that, um, man, like all these issues I had with people turns out they're issues I had with myself. Who would have thought? And um, you know now like when people when people piss me off and like all this stuff, I-, I I I go back to like this one dude told me this guy. You should have this guy on the podcast, bro. He's absolutely savage. I don't know what the hell he's up uh-huh. to right now, but. He um he used to say to me like he's like you know how like yada 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 they're like this and I'm like yeah he's like guess what they're allowed and he would just say that about everyone that everyone's allowed like they're allowed to be an asshole they're allowed to be this like at the end of the day you're not them you can't force somebody to be a certain way and um and I I think it's something that I take with me all the time and I I've never even told him that and he would probably be very like not not like shocked because he's kind of an egomaniac he'd probably be pretty uh <laughs> he'd be like yeah damn right think about that but um yeah but it's just like funny i like there's certain things you end up taking with you and that's like one of them like because like my girlfriend said something to me the other day like or, or yesterday like about her friend like in the and she's doing that and i'm like guess what she's allowed that's what i said <laughs> so i'm using that but i don't know it's just like Interesting, uh yeah yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, I I don't think it serves me to be so like somber about like all these dark times I have because if if, if I did, then I wouldn't be able to continue my life. Like I got to look at it and be like, man, like what was I thinking? That's hilarious. Like because you know me now. Like I would never like you know like when people when I tell people about certain things, they're like you were doing that, and I was like, yeah, and they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't I don't really know. I was I was fucked up. Like that's the only way I can think of it. Like because it's uh it's. It's interesting for me, too, because it was um, a complete, um, like, long stretch of time where I was aware that I was being a fool all the time and I was doing the wrong thing and then just had no, absolutely no willpower in my life. And um, the, the totem pole in terms of of priorities and, and um, uh like, I guess like, you know, like the hierarchy of like needs for me was absolutely skewed to a point like that. Like, you know, um, I would say drugs, uh, drugs had gone up above food and water, like, or not, not above food and water had, had reached the point that food, water and drugs were like a trifecta of, of importance. And I would say at times drugs are more important than food. And um probably even keel with water all the time because it's like you can't continue to use drugs and not drink water. Or at least soda. God I love fucking Coca Cola, bro. But um <laughs> Coca
1: Cola. a
0: sponsorship from Coca Cola. <laughs> this podcast has been sponsored by Coca Cola. <laughs> but um so uh the whole thing with California, like, dude, uh I was okay, so I, w- I had moved back home I I came back home i was supposed to be clean i had previously bought um dimethyltryptamine off the dark net and i was like well i gotta smoke this shit you know what i mean like i was clean i was clean but like you know i smoked fucking dmt and i bugged out and uh i was living at home and i you know a little you know i met met a girl that i was you know going to program with and um next thing you know uh, me and her are doing acid together i'm driving her her stepdad's car around we're going to the mall fucking doing whippets and shit and i was <laughs> you know i mean and then i experienced a very 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 deep depression after that time and then i was like back at it i was doing heroin and all this shit and like had no money and was just like really really uh mentally ill like and just just my whole my like Spirit, like, just felt so void. Like, I felt like I had absolutely no connection to myself, to anyone. Uh, I was losing my will to, like, go on in my life. And um, I ended up dumping out my entire bank account into the negatives. I found out about that. I didn't even know you could go into the negatives and take out money. I was like, this is great. I was like, we got free money. And uh, (laughs) I was terrible. I was not one of these, because you talk to a lot of people that are like, very resourceful drug acts. I was not that resourceful drug addict. I was pretty bad at being a drug addict. And, uh, and um, uh, you know, I, I met up with this kid that, uh, you know, I, I couldn't leave my house. So I was, like, basically on, like, house arrest with my family. They didn't want me leaving. and didn't want me driving. And uh, he went and uh, got a bunch of stuff. And then, like, my parents saw my bank statement when it came into the mail. And they were like, "What? why are you negative, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm fucking getting high again. Like, you know what I mean? I had no, and I was really disrespectful and all this stuff. And like, basically it was just being a, a piece of shit to them. And these people that care about me so much and I had no, I, it was, um, so hard for me to, to not just be terrible. I was just being a terrible person at this point. Like, and just in terms of like in a social grave sense, like I had no compassion for how they felt and it was so, involved with just how you know oh how could this happen to me oh poor me like but it was just it was bullshit and um my parents wanted me to go to this place in new jersey and then i called the place and they're like do you want to go to las vegas and i was like yeah so uh i I told them and then all right i told the people yeah all right they're like we'll pay for you i'm like how 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 am i going to get there like we'll pay for your flight there i'm like all right sounds good and i go home or like i end up getting in touch with my parents like yeah i'm going to i'm going to nevada like and they're like...
1: Oh, this is a rehab place, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. went to rehab here, yeah. So um, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Vegas. Like, I'm, I'm going. I'm not I'm not going to New Jersey. I'm fucking getting out of here. And, and they're like... You really scared oh. them, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Were, I mean, who gets clean in Las Vegas, dude? Yeah. Fucking ridiculous.
1: Sounds like an oxymoron to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I actually went to Vegas for the first time like not being in a rehab this year. And I had such a great time and I'm like, man, I can't believe I was in a rehab in this city It's fucked up. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, uh, I went out, I went out there and, uh, I remember the day that the day that I went, I was, um, uh, you know, I was at the airport. And there was like a six-hour delay. There was nowhere to charge my phone, so I got to the, I got there, and then they, the people from the rehab couldn't find me, and they're calling my mom, like, where, where is he? She's like, what do you mean, where is he? Like, like well, he's not answering his phone, and then like, by, you know, clearly they're very upset, and they're like trying to have yeah. me, like, you know, find them, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And I ended up finding them, and then my mom calls them back, like, what's going on? Where's my son? Like, oh, we can't tell, we can't tell you about the whereabouts of your son. <laughs> Like, yeah. Because of, because of HIPAA, and my mom apparently was on the phone, like she was just talking about yesterday. Actually, She's like
1: Yo motherfucker, you
0: fucking call me in the middle of fucking night, you better fucking tell me where my fucking son is. And then they're like, Oh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, he's with us. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I went there, bro, and uh, it was in Vegas, like, and um. It was a, a wild place, dude. This place that I went to was an absolute shit show. And um, you know, people are supposed to like when you're on maintenance drugs like Suboxin and Adivan and Librium and all this stuff that like you're supposed to be taking for withdrawal. Like you're not supposed to be playing fucking sports outside and everybody is smoking cigarettes, playing volleyball. It was probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. It was like a, a fucking maintenance drugs, uh, pickup volleyball league that was going on. They had no rules. People would spike and like hang over the net. It was an insane game of volleyball. And like, um, and it's like a ragtag bunch of people like, and you'd be surprised like the amount of like athletes and people who are like really good at sports that go to rehab. It's hilarious. Like, you know, cause a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people think of drug addicts and stuff as like these, like talentless fucking, you know, degenerates and stuff. A lot of, whenever I've gone to rehabs, you see how many talented musicians there are, how many fucking people, writers, artists. Like it's like um, the 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 thing that that is crazy about, um, about addiction that I've noticed, for the most part, people who struggle with, with addiction are often more intelligent than the average person. Because And, and the reason why um, I think that's, that may or may not be true, don't fucking quote me on that. But also, secondly, is because the the kind of people who end up getting caught up with doing drugs are usually smart because they think they're smarter than it. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get fucking hooked on this shit. Well, I'm not a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? And it's like the the people who have a really hard time staying clean is because your best judgment is so skewed that you think like, oh, oh this is my – you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm know it's good for me. And like you really – you have no idea. You need to be told what's good for you by some other fucking stranger. That's really just how it goes, at least in my experience. Like, so, it's, so it's kind of like
1: an ego thing too, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It's an ego thing. And it's, it's a – you have to – You have to dumb yourself down if you consistently are like all the time inquisitive like even if you do stay clean you're gonna be like kind of miserable because it's like it's i used to do it all the time where i would just like go through all these situations i'm like oh what's gonna happen and like what if i had done this differently it's like yo why am i i gotta worry about what's going on right now with me right here right now like i and in the program like in terms of 12 step they talk about just for today like i think of it as like just for the moment like what am i doing right now in this moment like I need to like if I make sure I'm doing the right thing every every moment and like check myself as much as I can and I'm and I'm, I don't do that all the time bro I'm no fucking spiritual savant dog you know what I mean I got to like
1: wait so <laughs> to interrupt what um could you go over the basics of the the program for people who don't don't understand what it is or uh, well you I mean... It's a program to get clean, uh, from what
0: I understand. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, it's so a 12-step program. It's it's basically, um, it's technically, you're not even supposed to talk about in press, radio, or films. But um, it's okay, because people break that thing all the time. I'm just not going to go into it too much. But, like, mm-hmm. I'll just talk about, like, what's, like, obvious about it. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not, like, a cult. But um, it's basically a um, a free, like, meeting space where like it's like you know either an hour to an hour and a half or two hours or whatever depending on the meeting and and um it's uh there's like open close meetings um like open anyone can go close you have to identify with whatever the meeting is because there's dude there's there's debtors anonymous there's sex and love addicts anonymous codependency anonymous um Nicotine anonymous there's all these different anonymous meetings. Like it's not just alcohol and drugs, like you know what I mean? And um AA is probably you know, AA is the largest following the, Yeah, the world. It's huge. And um it's basically about just admitting that you have a problem, working on becoming a better person and kind of recognizing your patterns and, and the way that you've wronged people, trying not to do that anymore, learning how to connect with um with a higher power or God or whatever you want, and then uh, and then the last like step is all about helping other people, whether or not they're in the program, and just mm-hmm. trying to be of service to the world rather than to be consent. Because you kind of look at it in a way that you you had a long stretch of detracting from humanity. It's like he, now's your time to be a productive member of, of trying to 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 involve yourself in like selfless service. Mm-hmm. So- I don't know how it goes. And, um, but it's a guideline. It's a perfect. Uh, the, you know, the 12 steps. I'm not going to go into the 12 steps. But, like, the, mm-hmm. if you look at the 12 steps, like, it's like a very – and the way that the writing is all done for especially, – uh, especially A.I. And uh, I, I say A.I. A.I. is probably my favorite in terms of the writing. Um, and it's, like, a really nice guideline on, like, how to live your life. And, like, you know, it's nice. Like, everything about – they say this. The program, The program is perfect, but, like, you'll never – be able to apply it perfectly into your life because everybody's human beings and we're flawed but um it's just like um it's really about um for me about surrounding yourself with people that um that want to do that because I can't I can't just go up to a guy on the street like listen man like I really want to fucking like do a bunch of drugs and just like fucking go out all night and like you know maybe like you know fuck get a couple of chicks in a motel I can't just say that mm-hmm. to somebody and then then them be like, oh yeah that's thank you sir for sharing that advice to me. Like I need to like to cause it's funny for man. Her, like, this you, is a
1: Wendy's drive through <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But um it's uh like I would say um I don't know what I was. What the, what would I say? No, but uh, it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a place where like you think like before uh, before I ever I actually went to a meeting before I ever went to rehab too. was just kind of funny, but just to see uh, what it was like. Or yeah, this chick this chick got out of like a mental. She was like in a mental nut <laughs> house, <laughs> and she like fucking lost her shit. And then she like kind of got came back down, and she was like, "Listen, I'm going to NA. Like you should come." And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm still getting hushed. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, you could just come and check it out. And, like, I went there. And, like, you know, I'm from Promise. Like, it's a very, very white town. And, like, I go to this meeting in, like, a couple towns down. And, like, I remember one of the first guys to hug me is this, is this guy. And he's this super jacked, like, good-looking older black man. And he just comes up and hugs me. And I'm just like, what's going on? I don't know if I've ever hugged a black guy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was a fucking crazy experience for me because it was – um it was like really like a bug out for me like what the fuck is going on right now i'm like at this (laughs) church basement like withdrawing and now all these strangers and then like you know and i remember this one old dude coming up and like handing me all these pamphlets and like you know all i feel like really jacked up that i was there and i didn't go back but like for a while but i know like the people the people that helped me then Like they're still like, I'm friends with those people now. Like, it's really cool. It's a cool thing about it. Like you can fucking, you can leave for a bit. You come back. Most of those people, the, the, the hardcore people are all still going to be there. And it's like kind of a beautiful thing about the program. And like, I'm friends with that guy now. And, um, you know, I always talk about that. Like, and like, sometimes I feel like people get like offended at the meeting. Like when I say that, but he doesn't get offended, but it's just funny. It's just really funny. Cause, um, if you saw him, he's just like this huge jacked man. He's a scary dude. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and, um, and it's just funny too. Like, uh, I just, how that whole process went like, and the girl that got me to go to the meeting, she doesn't go to meetings anymore. And that's just how it goes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, she was kind of like what they refer to as like a 12 step. Like, she got me to go to a meeting and all this stuff, like trying to help the still sucking. And- <laughs> I said it wrong. <laughs> the still sick and suffering addict, uh-huh. but, uh, or alcoholic or whatever. But, uh, yeah, but then I'll, I'll just go quickly into the. So, I went to Vegas. I was there for a little bit. It was a crazy rehab, dude. They had like no fucking rules. Um, I literally used to just like, they would be like, go to, go to group. And I'd be like, fuck you you know, just stick around and play ping pong or whatever. And like, I kind of had this realization when I was there, I was like, man, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, what am I doing with myself? And, uh, I stopped taking, I was taking suboxone when I was there. I stopped taking suboxone. Cause I was, I, I was always the dude, like when I was at a party or I was like using or whatever, if I had to throw up, I was going to find somewhere to throw up. Like, that's just how I was. I was at a point that I was so broken down that like this man that I didn't know, uh, another time, an older black gentleman told me and he's like, he's like, oh Nick, he's like, he's like, you gotta eat, you gotta eat, boy, and that's where I <laughs> got like this guy forced me to eat. He was like basically like like I felt like I was getting like airplane like a child like that's like he was this dude was making me eat because I would I wouldn't eat I sat at the table and was not eating anything he made me go get a plate and he made me eat and this guy Greg he was a fucking G and uh, so I started eating again and then I'm I'm up and about like and I'm going in an elevator and I was all all banged up from the medication they gave me and I just yacked all over myself all over my favorite jacket like all over my pants like on the on the floor of an elevator and I just walk up to the staff at the at the rehab and I'm like I'm like hey I just threw up in the elevator and on the floor I'm like somebody's got to go clean that up that's that's where I was at and I went to bed <laughs> like like that's so not as like the opposite if i did that right now i would be like all right can i have some cleaning supplies can i please clean this out? i'm so sorry that i did, you know what i mean mm-hmm. i was in a place where i just didn't give a fuck about anything i was like oh you guys deal with that and um and then i stopped taking that shit and then just kind of realized where i was i'm like i don't ever want to be in this cushy ass fucking place where like, it's just, they developed it, that rehab in a place of like, Oh, make it really comfortable for the people. So that when they relapse, they come back to this one, you know what I mean? And a nice $30,000 check to the insurance company, you know, from the insurance company, it's Dang. like fucked up, dude. You know what I mean? It's, and the treatment centers aren't necessarily there to get you better. They're kind of there for you to just be there for a little bit. And then they kind of hope you come back. That's just how it goes. Cause it's a business. And so, um,
1: so you don't you don't think those treatment centers did anything for you, but it was kind of something internal that you realized that's no
0: the treatment center is an important part of it component of it, and some people get with that, but I think my real my real yeah my real like findings and all that stuff was like through my own experience and talking with other people who were also trying to get to get clean and like I kind of like latched on to people who were real positive when I was in there and like refused to talk about um like I'm talking pretty freely about like all these times that like I was doing things that were fucked up. I don't really talk about that stuff much like because uh, even now it can get me into a place of like feeling um, I'll get like a like a like a like a dopamine hit from like talking about this stuff. You know what I mean? Cuz it gets me jacked up and I can't and when you're in when you're in rehab and when you're not that um, far off from your last drug use just talking like that can put you in a place where you're like, "Oh, well now I'm not going to stay clean." You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it goes. So um, I just surrounded myself with good people, all that. And, um, you know, I went to the, the next step. It was like kind of a weird sober living IOP thing where I was living in Las Vegas in a motel. And they would bring me to a treatment like five times a week. It was very strange. And like people were getting high there. And then like we were allowed to go and they're like, oh, don't go to the casino. They were allowed to go out sometimes. And like, don't go to the casinos. And everybody's at the casinos. You know what I mean? Like, it was a very strange place to be. And then I ended up transferring to, uh, to this place in California, uh, Malibu, and stayed a little out there. And then I lived in a sober living apartment complex for, like, 10 months in uh, uh, West Los Angeles by, like, Santa Monica. And that was really great for me because even though um, – you know, they did a lot for you and they like helped you out. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, it still wasn't like quote unquote full self-sufficiency, but it was a, a good enough time where I was able to get a job. I finished, I got my bachelor's degree. Um, I finished like online school and just like basically just went to a lot of meetings and, you know, as a like, sponsor and the whole nine yards and just really got after it and just got really back into fitness. I got like real muscular again. And, um, it was just like a great time of my life, like a great period of, um, rebuilding myself. Like, and it was exactly what I needed and, um, I wouldn't take back any of that time. Um, you know, so it was, yeah, it was a great experience.
1: I want to use this to kind of transition into athletics and jujitsu. Um, the question (laughs) is, you know, have athletics and competition helped you to stay clean and, and, um, has your experience changed your mindset in competition?
0: Okay, so um, not that wouldn't that athletics haven't helped, but I would say fitness in general. Like uh, the gym has become a staple of my my life. Like, and I refuse, like even over jujitsu, over anything. Like I find um, the gym to be the best, the best thing because I think it also has to do with the routine and that you do it. Like for me, I do I lift um, like basically three to five times a week, and mm-hmm. when I lift, I'm I'm lifting to, uh, to exhaust my muscles like all the time. Like I'm, I do like most times I go, I'm doing at least two or three sets that have, uh, anywhere from three to six different exercises that are challenging within them and, um, consistently try to push myself. And, um, you know, it's, uh, like a a mind game that I play with myself all the time and like making myself uncomfortable and overcoming it. And, uh, Mm -hmm that I would say that's probably the most important thing. And like the way that, um, I think I, the, it, it, just like, I will feel fucking crazy throughout the day and I'll go to the gym and afterwards I'll get like a very great deal, like a great, great, deal of relief. So mm-hmm. that, and then, um, the one thing I'll say about the competition, like I, I definitely, my, my ego getting a little bit checked from this whole entire experience the way that i compete now like i don't take it so personally when somebody like like especially at jujitsu like sometimes like in the past like if somebody were to to take me down or something like that like i get like flipped out like i get like absolutely like a maniac and i have to beat you now and i don't get like that anymore and i can let things slide and a much more cool comic collected and um uh i would say that um jiu-jitsu certainly helped to add like more discipline into my life and also kind of humble me because i think i'm hot shit and then i'll go against them like i remember one time when i first started i saw this kid and i'm like oh my god this this fucking guy i'm like i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna fuck this dude up (laughs) and he fucking tapped me out in like two minutes i was like what the fuck just happened that's uh, Uh, a jiu-jitsu yeah 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 and he like you know because if you look at my body type like i look like like i'm in really great shape and then you look at this kid, and he looks like he's like almost like you know like dumpy, and like you know he's not like the Still best looking boy. kid. Yeah, he's fat too. And I'm like, man, like this kid's gonna get, I'm like this kid's gonna get, you know what I mean? And then <laughs> I just I'm just made a fool of myself. And but like you know, I've gotten that was in the beginning, and like now that I haven't gone with him in a while, but like when I have gone with him again, he's like, oh wow, like you've really improved and stuff. And he also has a wrestling background, so like, ah, okay. like to wrestling bullshit to beat him because that's usually what i do to people in jitsu. i'm not even that good at jujitsu i'm just a very talented wrestler so i'm able to use stuff that they're not even really aware of as being a thing and they're like what the fuck is that you know what mm-hmm. i mean so, like, you, yeah, so, I so
1: you use like uh folk style wrestling moves to take uh-huh. down things
0: oh yeah yeah i mean um most people that i train with refuse to go on their feet with me because they're like oh you're just gonna take me down and they'll just uh-huh. pull guard but um yeah, like there's 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 so much stuff like that, positionally that people don't really have a chance to because in, in jiu-jitsu you're always trying to go on your back. So when they get to these weird positions where they're where they're not on their back and they're on they're on their their butt or on their side, I have like a lot of tricks and stuff that were. I mean, it's not even like necessarily moves. It's just I have. I was talking about it the the other day. Mm-hmm. I have put in so much time like you know like when they say like oh you put in ten thousand hours into something like you're an expert like i have probably well surpassed that for wrestling and that i um also uh i've done so much competition in my life from like age from like i guess i started age eight like with competition eight to 17 year round all the time and talk about practice we have do matches in practice like i've you know, thousands and thousands upon thousands of matches that I've done. And, um, just, uh, I'm just so comfortable in that, in that setting. And, uh, the last tournament I went to, like I was smoking cigarettes, like, you know, smoking a pack a day. And I went there and I, I, <laughs> I won the tournament, but, um, I was like after the second match, like the one kid I went against, he's a D2 wrestler. he's very good wrestler.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I beat him. And, um, Afterwards, I was like outside, like about to throw up and like was going through like an uh, existential crisis because of how, how, um, how my body felt like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to do that again. I'm trying to stop before the next, uh, competition. So, um, it's just really hard, man. Like drugs are one thing. Uh, I would say tobacco and nicotine have been harder for me to quit than drugs. It's insane. But, um, I'm trying all the time.
1: You don't drink.
0: No, no, I don't do nothing. Only thing I do is smoke cigarettes and drink coffee.
1: When you're um I remember in college you told me that you played techno before wrestling matches. Do you still do that before jujitsu match- matches or what what's playing in your headphones? Oh, I um
0: I, w- I mean when uh this la- <laughs> this last time, dude, I was just listening on repeat to this Juicy J song, and like I'm not even like a big Juicy J guy, but like I like to listen to shit that hype me up, and like and I also kind of like I I used to listen to like a lot of Linkin Park, like you know Hybrid Theory and Okay and like um Rage Against the Machine and uh, what else I listened to uh, I used to listen to like Zeppelin and and a lot of like stuff that would get me like really amped up, but I kind of realized that like all that like getting jacked up and like you know kind of heavier stuff is like kind of gives me anxiety so like now like i just Mm -hmm. the stuff that's gonna make me like um you know uh like hyped like you know hyped or like like i think it's funny like that juicy J song uh it's like it's like the intro to his O's owes to oscars uh mixtape and it was like when juicy j won an oscar for like um doing the composing the music for uh that movie hustle and flow i think it was or Mm -hmm. something and um like the whole song is just about like it's just you know talking about like range rovers and fucking like selling coke and like all this crazy shit and it's just like it's just like a like a super hype the hype like southern rap song and it's just like really really funny like in the beginning like you know who the fuck would have thought we would have won an oscar like and i was just listening to that on repeat and just running around like just uh you know, it was just getting me jacked up, like, but it was, like, more of, like, kind of just a joke, but I wasn't really, um, one thing I'll say about jiu-jitsu, man, they don't really warm up in the same sense they do for wrestling, like, and that, no. that, oh, yeah, that's one thing, like, the next tournament I go to, I'm bringing somebody who I wrestled with, probably, it's and I'm, yeah. I'm telling them, listen, we gotta, like, actually warm up and, like, go hard, because when I was in high school, dude, like, um, I would wrestle, like, alive like pretty much a live match like for before I would even go out and and wrestle because sometimes you go out there and if you you'll hit that second you'll go that you have to switch over to your second or third wind or something like that and if you haven't like broken a sweat and like really got after it beforehand it can be a real rough transition into like finding your your breathing again and uh I don't um I don't like to feel like I'm cold like this the second match that I I wrestled I mean, I competed in for jujitsu. like, I, I was no joke. I would I had, like, a, I think I had a nicotine, like, this kid, like, gave me, like, a nicotine pouch, for, like, it was, like, with just nicotine in it, and I was, just, like, a, yeah, I was on that thing, and I was drinking a cup of coffee, and they're, like, oh, you're yeah. up, and I'm, like, okay, and I just, like, took my, I took, I took my, um, my shoes off, went on the, went on the mat, and then I, uh, you know, started the match, like, I didn't even warm up. You know what I mean? Because the tournament was like terribly structured. You had no idea when you were up. They just were like, You're up I'm like, What? I'm up? Okay. You guys are scumbags. Like, what the fuck, dude? You know, and it came to warm up and um you know, and it was it was hard. So
1: I what, what are the matches structured like? Are, are they like set periods or it's
0: one period in jujitsu, like uh, okay. and it's so it's just scoring. submission only?
1: No, point scoring
0: and submissions. So that's why I, w- I would win. Like uh, there was actually, I, I, I went to an event recently like to watch uh, my friends competed, and uh, it was a 10 minute submission only exhibition matches. And that was pretty cool to watch that because it's like a much different paced kind of, kind of match. You're not really trying to score points. You're trying to advance position for a submission and it's definitely a different mindset. But for me, I don't, I don't, not that I don't have an interest in that. It's uh I, I, I have such a, um, such a fondness for scoring points. And, um, and it, I feel that that's a big part of dominance in, in, in combat sports is, uh, for wrestling at least. And, and for jujitsu of, 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 scoring points and like people being like, Oh, like I'm not going to allow you to pass my guard, but then you pass their guard. That's in my book is like, you know, that's, that's points and you're winning. But, um, but I also understand the submission only thing. But I think that's probably more closer along the lines of like, you know, true like physical um, combat, like yeah. like boxing and, and and MMA and kickboxing and all that. Like, uh, which is cool and all, but like I don't know. It's just uh, it's uh, you know I gotta I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work every week. You know so what I mean? Do yeah, I-
1: you don't <laughs> want to damage yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have to be careful, bro, because it's uh, especially you know I'm, I'm working at HVAC so basically i'm working commercial installing of like um you know heating and and ventilation and air conditioning stuff like mm-hmm. mostly like you know just like right now we're doing like um like it's a new construction on like a, on an older building so like we're 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 putting in uh like one or two new like ac units and um there's a bunch of stuff. I don't even know all we're doing. There's a lot of stuff actually, but like basically running lines of, uh, of the, of the vents or the ducts and putting them, putting them up in the ceiling. that's basically what we've been doing and like just all different kinds of like, just basically, um, the supply air and then the return air for all of the, all of the buildings. So just to circulate the air throughout the building. And, um oh, is it physical just, work? Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot like, uh, it's not too bad because I'm in shape but I couldn't imagine being somebody who wasn't you know physically capable it would be very hard to to do like a lot of it has to do with like balance and um and sometimes you're in a position that is uncomfortable for a long period of time especially with like your shoulders like holding things up and um sometimes there's a lot of tight spaces and like me being like a long like lanky inflexible person I have to shove myself into a small area on top of a ladder and I'm like using things to support me that are like dirty. It's like terrible, (laughs) terrible at times, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And you know, that's, that's just how how it goes and it's a good field and I work for a good company. So it's, so it's all right. But, But I'm not planning on, um, uh, if I were, if I am to stay in this field, like I'm even considering going back to school at night. Like I don't even know what I'm doing myself, but, um, the, uh, the thing is, um, I would not stay in the field for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. Because I just, I, I value fitness and my body so much that I can't, I can't see myself uh, doing these in the, because it's like, you know, basically doing things within proper form all the time at work, like fucking lifting things all fucked up you know, um, you might
1: like throw out your back one day or
0: something. Yeah. 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 I'm already like, I'm already hurting just in general. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how long I'll do this and like be okay with it. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what the the hell life unfolds. And I'm, I'm I'm a strong, I'm a strong believer that like things are going to unfold in my life in a way that, you know, I don't have to do this if I want to. And I'm not really a person that's concerned about money. I'm just concerned about having a place to live and just to feel at least some sort of comfort comfortability. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not like looking at this whole lavish thing. Cause I know for a fact, if I, I could be just as miserable with a lot of stuff or no stuff at all, or just as happy, you know what I mean? It's really, it's more of a, an internal thing. All that stuff is like external bullshit in the end. I I think
1: I I want stuff when you're young for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I don't know how to transition to this, but do you want to talk about your blog a little bit? What you're doing, writing poetry?
0: Oh, well, I mean, I haven't done anything on that shit in a while, man. I need to get back into it. But uh, yeah, that was just something like I was just trying to like um, stay in a creative mindset. And and, um, just like all, I mean, most of it's just kind of me just messing around. And like, because um, sometimes like I want to go on Facebook and just say some dumb shit. And I'm like, nah. I should probably just write something that's more productive rather than just a, a status to fuck with people. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's just like a thing that I do, like just to, just to have fun, really. And like, nice. Um, some of them like uh, have been like ideas that I wanted to branch off on and whatnot. And I've I started a couple. Like, I have like these a couple things that I've written up that like we're good, like ideas for a start for like books or whatever. And like, I'm definitely open to something in the future. We're trying, trying to do something with that. But, um, I don't know. I've been really lazy in that front and like, um, you know, it's something that I want to get back, get back into, but, um, I, I you I've know,
1: read some of it and I, I enjoy it. Definitely. It's, it's a lot of fun to look at. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. Speaking of Facebook, I wanted to ask you a random question. Where do you get your memes? You are like, Oh, Memes.
0: <laughs> so um basically i know a lot of people on facebook that like will share memes like that and then what what happened was like basically like i've started liking pages and then other pages will post um something that i find is funny and i'll go on that page and i'll like that page so i like a, a lot of crazy meme pages and then they just they just come up but like yeah, I know. I, I think Facebook has the best collection of memes and like people think like, oh, Instagram's the best. Like I don't even look at Instagram memes. Like I don't care about them. And a lot of people try and send me like, oh, check out this meme. And it's like a long one minute video. I'm like, dude, I'm not watching a minute video. I don't have time to watch these minute videos of nonsense from Instagram throughout my day. Like get the fuck out of here. So I just I just stay on Facebook. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I've made memes, too. Like, you know what I mean? Just fucking around. But, Some of the no. memes
1: are, like, things that you're like, all right, I shouldn't laugh at this, but it's – Kind of hilarious. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, um, my family, like my extended family, like they have like a, a running joke that like there's something wrong with me. They're like, what the fuck are you putting on Facebook? <laughs> like, they're like, I, my my cousin will comment. Like, I don't get this or like all the time. And she like, will say to me, like, I don't understand. And then like my other cousin posted some meme that was like, I uh, uh, like all fucked up. It's like, she comments on it. She's like, She's like, you're starting to sound like Nick. Like, with his memes. It was pretty funny.
1: Um, but... Nice. But, yeah. All right, I want to I wrap up with a question that I, I ask a lot of our guests. I want you to think of the traits and characteristics that define you as Nick, and tell me what your spirit animal is based off of these traits.
0: Um... I would, um... I would say, um... um pretty resilient person um uh, uh i would say um that i um pretty introspective and like uh i guess existential in a sense not like in like a huge sense but i guess i think about that stuff a lot and then um uh a caring person and um uh also very sensitive um like to just not like sensitive like people are getting me like all worked up all the time but i feel like i'm uh pretty i don't know i i'm sensitive just to the other way people are acting like if people are um uh positive or negative like it affects me greatly like people's vibes and all that shit okay and then um uh let's see what character is a very so,
1: complex animal you're describing yeah
0: i don't know what i'm yeah something between a, a a jaguar and a platypus bro no but
1: um <laughs> i don't know I, <laughs> oh jaguar with with a bill <laughs> yeah but i um
0: i i guess uh but i'm also um i don't know i would i would I'm just going to pick the uh, red-tailed hawk as my favorite animal. And okay. I, think- <laughs> I am on the look, bro. I'm on the lookout constantly and trying to, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I don't really, I can't think of how what kind of animal I would would put myself as. I wish I knew this question beforehand. I could have came up with something. but
1: We agreed that you're a red-tailed <laughs> hawk slash jaguar slash platypus. We'll <laughs> yeah, go with that. All right. Um, uh, so I want to just thank you for having this conversation. It was a nice change from a lot of the other ones we've had on this podcast and sharing such intimate details of your life. I want to wish you luck with everything that you're doing and, uh, um, nice. thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was great. It was a good, uh, change up too. Like, and, um, just, uh, even when I wrote the thing that I, you know, I haven't read it since I wrote that and also, um, like I told some people about it. They're like, oh, how'd that go? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm like, I've, it's it's good that I got into doing something creative and like to do a podcast. I've always wanted to do something with a podcast. So it was a pretty cool opportunity. I appreciate um, you having me on and everything. And um, anytime that you'd ever want me to do something else too, bro, I'd be down for it.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Right. Talk to you soon. Peace.